Today on We Here, Drake is showing off his insane mansion in Toronto. We have so many questions. We also know why Giselle Boonchin wasn't satisfied with Tom Brady and Naomi Watts is having a meltdown and I can relate. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Maggie, you know, you might not only hear the story behind the story, you might hear more, you know, since we're both podcasting remotely from home, um, you might hear, you know, children screaming in the background where I am. You might hear... uh, I don't know. There sounds like I don't even know what's going on outside. It sounds like there's a a tractor. I don't know. I don't live on a farm, but someone's gone <laughs> full farmer, I guess. Maybe they're plowing their own fields to grow their own food during this time. But anyway, we'll all be farmers after this, Ian. So shout out to your neighbor. <laughs> that's bad news for me. <laughs> you probably don't know this, Maggie. I have very soft hands. And that's based Ew. on having never done a hard day's labor. Well, I'm sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> anyway. So what's the story behind the story today? Drake. This, Drake. So Architectural Digest has released their cover story with Drake, and we are finally getting to see what it looks like inside his mansion, which he has dubbed the Embassy. I have to say, Maggie, this is perfect timing because a lot of magazines – have run into trouble, you know, during the coronavirus pandemic where, you know, they had the stars of James Bond on the cover and then the movie got moved and, you know, but this is perfect timing to have Drake on the cover because he's been isolating in his mansion and now we get to see really amazing photos of the inside of this place. Yeah, and we've talked about it several times that Drake in isolation has been playing basketball on his NBA regulation basketball court. And finally, we can see what it looks like. He also has a 4,000-pound black marble tub. You know, Maggie, when – okay, so before I actually looked at the photos, I was reading some of the coverage about the embassy, Drake's mansion in Toronto. And, you know, it's 50,000 square feet. Okay, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, it has an NBA regulation size indoor basketball court crowned by a 21 square foot skylight in the shape of a pyramid. Right. It's got. A bed that weighs a ton. One ton, one, a one ton bed, a 4000 pound tub. He said he wanted to have a monumental scale and feel. It'll be one of those things I leave behind. So it had to be timeless and strong. So I assumed, oh my God, this thing has to be, you know, so tacky and so gaudy. It's going to be like a hip hop Liberace, you know, (laughs) disaster. Mm -hmm. I looked at the photos. I love it, Maggie. I love the embassy. I love the decor. I think it's awesome. Uh, Once again, I'm sorry to hear that about you, Ian. (laughs) 
I'm horrified to hear that you love this because it looks like a cruise ship and a casino had a child and Drake has chosen to live in it. It's got an awards room, a great room with a bespoke concert grand piano. He also has a hallway full of sports jerseys, uh, a copy of an iconic chandelier that was designed to decorate the Metropolitan Opera in 1963 with more than 20,000 pieces of hand-cut crystal. I can't even say this. I'm so frustrated by this lack of design taste. His master suite has 1,100 square feet of covered terraces, and uh, he's got a indoor swimming pool made of black granite. Maggie, you get to a certain point in life where you realize that some of your dreams, unfortunately, are not going to come true. I know you're not there yet, but... I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I hope you don't get to this point. But one of my lifelong dreams, which is not going to happen, and if it did, it would mean that things had gone at this point very badly for me, um, since I am married with children, is I've always wanted to live in a hotel. Okay, that was my goal, is to like live in a hotel. I always thought that that would be the coolest thing of all time. And basically, Drake lives in a hotel but it's even better than living in a hotel it's your private hotel and no one else is in it and it's fifty thousand square feet i mean his home does look like i mean yeah maybe it's like the nicest w hotel i don't i don't really know what that says about you ian to me this just feels so deep like it's so depleted of any like softness or like humanity. I want a cashmere throw. I want big pillows. I want to sink into a comfortable couch with Drake. I don't want to be thinking about hard surfaces. Like, you know, Drake, he's he's a rapper. Girls love him. Like, girls who are scantily clad are going to be really cold in this place, you know? Like, I'm cold just looking at it. You do bring up a good point, though, because when Drake gets married... You're right. Like the place does definitely does not have a woman's touch. So I think it will it will be a bummer when he gets married and his wife comes in and starts to be like, oh, by the way, we're like redoing this entire place. There's one <laughs> there's one part of it though that also looks like speaking of hotels, there's an area. I think it's like because his bedroom has like, as you mentioned, like his bedroom is like thousands of square feet. So it's got like (laughs) lounges and like different areas in his bedroom. And to me, it looks like at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Okay. Mm, Yes. There's there's a, uh, there's a Petrosian caviar bar and uh, where you can sit like in the lobby. And to me, basically, so basically it's true. Like his home it's like a mashup of different hotels in like yes. Vegas, LA and other places, which totally. I, I think of myself as having relatively good taste, Maggie, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's cool. If things go in a certain direction, you know, I mean, I could be Drake's butler. I will move into the embassy. That'll be cool. He probably, you know, so I don't know. I might be putting in my application. Tom Brady was on Howard Stern this week and gave an interview about everything. And one of the topics he covered was his relationship with his wife, Giselle Bündchen. Uh, He warned listeners not to judge a book by its cover when it comes to her. Hard to do. (laughs) She's a beautiful book. She's a beautiful, enigmatic book. She's more of a pamphlet. (laughs) 
Well, I think, Maggie, there have there's been sort of speculation and nothing really specific ever about Tom Brady and Giselle's, you know, marriage and what it's like. So it is interesting that he is opening up and and talking about their relationship. And he basically admitted to Howard Stern. I mean, it is amazing. It's amazing what Howard Stern gets out of people that they just don't talk about anywhere else, I have to say. Mm -hmm. But Tom Brady does open up that like there was trouble in paradise there with Giselle, right? And that he was kind of in the doghouse and had to re-examine his role in their relationship. Yeah. So he basically said that a couple years ago, Giselle felt like Tom wasn't doing his part for the family. And I quote, she felt like I would play football all season and she would take care of the house. And then all of a sudden, when the season would end, that I'd be like, great, let me get into all my other business activities. Let me get into my football training. And she's sitting there going, well, when are you going to do things for the house? When are you going to take the kids to school and do that? So basically, Tom said he had to check himself and, quote, made a big transition two years ago to get things back on track. And one of the things that that included was skipping practices with the Patriots uh, that he, I guess, was doing in the offseason. Maggie, you know, it's funny because this sounds a lot like my marriage. So I relate to this, except the difference with me is that I don't play professional football and I have no other businesses or activities hobbies or interests i mean um, aside from that you and tom brady are basically <laughs> cut from the same cloth well no it's true because i do think there is a thing i mean this is very like dude master 3000 dude master <laughs> well what about to say <laughs> i feel like i need to make a disclaimer because this is very dude master it's very gender binary okay okay Similarly to my drake um my endorsement of Drake's Mega Man Cave mm-hmm. is Mega Man Mance? Mance? Mega Mance? Um, There's too much testosterone on this podcast today. I just want to say that. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, well, I just – I need to start, yeah, showering again. <laughs> Basically, the um, – no, but I understand what he's saying. But then again, I don't have the excuse of football where it is like, you know, you're – concentrating you're like well i worked and i'm doing other things and then you realize that like you're not maybe pitching in as much as you should be and you're sort of in your own head about other stuff and so like that has happened to me too where like you know you just you can be like wrapped up in all your own stuff but there is like a sink full of dishes Mm -hmm. and you just need to do the dishes Tom Brady is doing the proverbial dishes here by giving this interview and talking about how she wasn't satisfied and he made changes. Yeah. I mean, we had had an exclusive story on page six by our own Carlos Greer recently about um, Tom Brady's decision to leave the Patriots and go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. And basically, um, according to Carlos's report, um, Brady chose Tampa Bay as the team to go to because of his son, um, not his son with Giselle, but he has a son from a previous relationship, right, with Bridget Moynihan, the actress. Mm-hmm. And um, he felt that he would be closer to his kid because Bridget Moynihan lives in New York if he were playing in Tampa Bay. 
I mean, it makes a lot of sense because it's like, how many more years are you going to play football? And then you're going to have to be like, you know, I don't know. You don't want to mess things up with Giselle and then be in retirement yeah. and like she's yeah. left you. Like that you would know, suck. That would suck. But like, this is all great. All, there's all this growth. But I, whenever I see Tom Brady, you know, like I'm not a sports person. I'm learning sports every day, just trying to figure out who's who. I think about that interview Tom Brady gave in which he said he hadn't eaten a strawberry until like 2016 or something. <laughs> Do you yeah, remember that? He gave this well, interview. Well, he was where on he that was like, psycho diet, right? Yeah. He gave an interview. I think it was to The Cut. Remember he did like a collaboration with like Ugg Boots or something. So he was like giving interviews to fashion sites. And why, um, why hadn't he had a strawberry? Let me bring you back here. September 14th, 2016, The Cut publishes a story headlined, Tom Brady has never eaten a strawberry in his entire life. His entire life. Someone was asking him about his diet. He said, I've never eaten a strawberry in my life. I have no desire to do that. When the writer said never, he said, absolutely not. You think that's a bad thing? To me, that's amazing. That just Why? Shows, like, because, okay, if you're Tom Brady, you have to be so focused, right, on – everything, you know, on what you do. I think to be a great athlete, right, there's the saying that it's like, you need to be smart enough to play the game and dumb enough to think it matters. Wow, so, that's a great quote. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he's so laser focused on what he does and so decisive that he can just be like, decide just to never eat a strawberry and just follow through on that. Like, you know, like the Terminator, Maggie, how like in his eyeball, there's like a target and then a bunch of data comes up. That's what it's like when Tom Brady looks at things, you know, like he sees a strawberry and it's like, and then it's like, never eat that again. Like, it's just like an amazing to be that decisive to be like, I don't eat strawberries. Why? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But like that decision is out of my hands onto the next. But like, he it's never, like, he never what? even it's tried like, one. That's what functioning at a high level is. The rest of us are like, should I have a strawberry? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> nah. Like I can say like I'm never going to do intravenous drugs. I can tell – I'm probably going to die just never having done that. It's not in my wheelhouse. A strawberry? What did a strawberry ever do to him? Came out so hot on strawberries. Well, you'll remember also that back in 2018, he had put out a book called The TB12 Method. And maybe this – and I so basically – he exercises for two hours a day, spikes all his wa his purified water with electrolytes, aims to be asleep, asleep every night. This sounds like you, Maggie. Aims to be asleep every <laughs> night by 9 p.m. in his special $200 pajamas and refuses to eat dark shaded vegetables to minimize even small amounts of inflammation. The old Maggie would have been into that. The new Maggie is staying up late. She's making pizza. She's like BFF gluten. Things have changed. But also going back to my like high achieving people and their relationships to fruits, which is actually my new Yale dissertation that I'm writing That's during this coronavirus my new pandemic. Dating bio, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a PhD in nutrition from Yale um, online during this time. You remember like Steve Jobs was like, remember he was a fruititarian where he only yeah. ate fruit. Tom Brady eliminates fruit. So that's the thing. These are the types of decisions that people in very like, you know, high functioning, high profile jobs are doing where the rest of us are like dithering around about, you know, fruit. Tom Brady also, you'll remember his diet had, tell me if you agree with this, Maggie, no bread, 
no pasta, no sugar, no dairy, no coffee, and no potentially inflammatory tomatoes or mushrooms. To me, that sounds like no way to live. I just, that's probably not that fun to hang out with. Yeah, but he'd be good to be in a relationship with because, see, he's refocused. He's never going to bring you chocolate-covered strawberries, though. Oh, my God. What? Well, Drake will bring you so I bet Drake's got a whole chocolate-covered strawberry specialty, like, room. Naomi Watts has provided some very relatable Instagram content for us this week. She posted a video of her having a bit of a meltdown because multiple appliances bit the dust in the same 24-hour period. She wrote that her printer, vacuum cleaner, and dishwasher all broke on the same day. Why does she need a printer? I don't know. That's a great question. I actually, it's funny because when this, when the coronavirus lockdown hit, I also like dusted off. I was like, I need to make sure I have all the ink and paper and cords for my printer Mm-hmm. For some reason, because I'm like, we're going to have to be printing a lot of stuff. But like, what are you, wh- what is that that you're going to be printing? You can't give it to anyone. You can't hand these papers to anybody. Wait, so, so it, if that was your immediate thought, what was the first item that you were like, I absolutely need to stock up on this? Like, I might have said this on the podcast already, but I panic ordered like five cases of seltzer this week. Because I was like, oh, I, yeah. I just, I just need it. It makes me feel so much better. Seltzer's a big one, Maggie. Yeah, yeah, seltzer is like that's a luxury item now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pounding seltzer. Um, yeah, the Naomi Watts thing though, I think it's funny because we've been talking a lot about celebrities and famous people, you know, posting a lot of stuff, and or I should say about it with celebrities and famous people posting a lot of stuff online and getting a lot of backlash because they're showing their, you know whatever it is they're on they're in the bahamas as we said on the podcast yesterday they're on their yacht you know i think what naomi watts posted is much more relatable you know and sort of a a good thing to post it is true that like there are these minor things in normal times that if they go wrong they're going to be a major problem the other night for example my kids were like taking a bath and i noticed that there was a leak like coming from the tub basically oh no And that was the thing is like, usually you just be like, oh, there's like a leak, like, but I started to go down a Naomi Watts style, like (laughs) spiral because I'm like, so, okay, first of all, as you would imagine, Maggie, I'm very, very not handy. Yes. You've already revealed yourself to have soft hands like twice in this episode. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not handy. So when anything goes wrong like that, even in normal times. It triggers, it's very triggery, Maggie, for me, because it reminds me, it's like emasculating, because it's like some minor thing, and I'm like, you know, I can't fix this, but then I have to pretend in my mind that I do know how to fix it, and I'm like going to my toolbox, what? And I'm like going on Amazon, or like go, like looking up pipe, like I was going to order a soldering iron. I don't know. Yeah. When these things go wrong, you can really go down like a weird, like rabbit hole of like, what are you going to do? So that does suck, Naomi Watts. I I actually feel, I feel for you. I commiserate. Well, I guess I'm the opposite of Naomi here because if my dishwasher breaks, I'm just doing dishes for one. So that's fine. 
but I'm worried about my iPhone and my computer as they are my lifelines to the outside world right now. If they go on the fritz, I'm really screwed. It's such a good point, Maggie. I actually had some problems with my laptop mm-hmm. during this time, and I was like freaking out. Um, but you know what is amazing? And I bet you could find the way to fix a dishwasher this way as well. But really, everything in the world is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. True. And I literally, I know it sounds insane, but I like went on YouTube. So basically, I have a a laptop where the um the screen is like a touch screen although i never use the touch screen part of it and and mm-hmm. somehow the screen has cracked <gasps> like i have a cracked laptop screen instead of a cracked iphone screen and it it's made the computer go like haywire so i went oh, on yeah. youtube mm-hmm. and i found I totally the way to like macgyver it and i like literally hacked into the mainframe and just like MacGyvered the whole like thing to make it work again. Like I figured it out because the thing is, whatever problem you have, like everyone out there has had it. And like people who are handier than us have gone on YouTube to like share this. And that's why I now know like five ways to fix a copper pipe. Well, Ian, maybe your soft hands aren't as bad as you made them out to be. Maybe by the end of this, I'll have some calluses and some non-leaky pipes. Well, that is it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zara-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We'd love to hear your questions and your ideas for the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? If so, email us your hot takes at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a review, please. We will be back next week with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.